Hey, this is Holden Kushner. Be sure to check out my new podcast, the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We dive into the betting angle on all Denver teams, all angles. If you're from Denver or a fan of Denver or Colorado or just a fan of Denver sports teams or a fan of betting in general, and you want to become a sharper better, well, this is the podcast for you. So subscribe, follow, and listen to the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Yep, Holden with Veasan. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. I got a big smile on my face. This is terrific. You know, when you think that a football team season is basically done, they trade the face of the franchise. You're a little bit bummed out. And then they shock you and beat one of the most talented teams in the NFL. Oh, this is a good Monday. I, I know a lot of people call it Victory Monday. I'll call it Victory Monday. I don't care. They won, and they're over 500. I have a whole bunch of playoff odds that we're going to get into because the Broncos significantly increased their odds of getting into the playoffs. Andy Lindhall, he does the post-game show on Altitude 92.5, also does uh, Buffs Radio 2. <clears throat> He's going to join me in just a little bit. And then, you know, look forward to the Eagles lines just a little bit. But this is a betting show first, and I didn't have a good week. I'll be honest with you. But there's one thing you get from me is transparency. Uh, the one I did get right, the Chargers, it was very uncomfortable. It's always uncomfortable betting on the Chargers. But the Broncos bets just absolutely smoked me. Uh, and if you listened over the last, I don't know, week and a half when I said, hey, grab the, grab the Cowboys, minus seven. Uh, I think there were a lot of reasons for that. This team was not playing well. Like the ugly victory over Washington actually made me feel worse about the Broncos than feeling good about the Broncos. I don't know where this came from. I truly do not know where this performance came from, but I'm glad it did because now we have something to look forward to. Many of you are not buying into the playoff narrative and that's fine. Some of you are buying into the playoff narrative. I'll just look at it from a numbers perspective a numbers perspective, and all of a sudden, they're jetting way, 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 way up. Way up. Their playoff chances have gone from 15% to 21% after the win over Washington. And then this week after beating the Cowboys, 40% chance of going to the playoffs. Holy moly, are you kidding me? So I did on the Sunday night postgame show kind of wrap everything up, but let's do it again in just a different way. I've got a lot more things to add to this. I'll say this, the first quarter bet for the Broncos loses again, two straight weeks after hitting the majority of the time earlier in the season. We're at the halfway point now, and it's something that I'll talk about on Wednesday. I'm just going to go back and review all these bets that I've made on the Broncos and see if we can have a new game plan. Because this was shocking to everybody, really. Go ask yourself this. Did you really believe that the Denver Broncos were going to go into Dallas with Dak Prescott coming back and win that game? I didn't, obviously. I didn't. Now, I didn't feel good enough to back the Cowboys at plus 10, but it doesn't matter because that bet, or the Broncos at plus 10, it doesn't matter because that bet 
you know, they, they, they would have blown it away. The money line was just astronomical. 375 plus 375, are you kidding me? $10 goes into 3750, $100 goes into 375 and $1000 brings back a a big profit. $3725. Wow. So, a couple things to get to. Uh that's the bet review. 0 and 2. The first quarter bet lost. The Cowboys minus 7 lost. The Chargers won. 1 and 2 on the show. Not great. All right, let's move on. Why did Denver win this game? And I think there's a few reasons for this. First of all, they were just flat out more physical. They beat the hell out of the Cowboys. They beat the hell out of them. Constant pressure on Dak Prescott. Constant pressure on Dak Prescott. So more physical offensively. I'd say uh, defensively, I'd say they're more physical offensively too. Do you see that running game? Which was just spectacular. They ran all over Dallas. All over Dallas. Javante, 17 for 111 yards, including that 30-yarder where he should have been tackled five yards in, 10 yards in. It was an amazing run for this young, explosive running back. Melvin Gordon, really good game. 21 for 80, maybe the yards per carry not great, just under four, but he did score a touchdown again. And he continues to be involved, even if it's a little bit in the passing game. Three targets, two catches, 15 yards. That was nice to see. Okay, the next reason. Why did the Broncos win this game? How about Teddy Bridgewater? He was awesome. So there was a report. I think it was Pelissero. Tom Pelissero comes out on NFL Network. And he goes, the Saints called the Broncos at the trade deadline trying to get Teddy Bridgewater. Now, I think if the... Broncos get a second and a third rounder for Teddy Bridgewater like they did for Von Miller. Teddy Bridgewater's gone. And this game doesn't happen. And then Kendall Hinton starts. Uh, that's the other thing. <laughs> they had. Teddy Bridgewater didn't almost play in this game. He said that he had to wait till he went down to the field to warm up. Right before that, he found out that he could play. Before that, it was up in the air because Drew Locke, is on the COVID-19 list. So they wouldn't have had Teddy if they trade him. They wouldn't have had Drew Locke, and it would have been that complete debacle with Kendall Hinton again. But Teddy was on point. It was just so much fun to see him sit back there and prove all of us wrong, a lot of us wrong. He had a pass of 25 yards, a pass of 41 yards, a pass of 44 yards, explosive plays all over the place. I harp on this all the time. They need explosive plays. How about the throw down to Tim Patrick? Most of that 44-yard bomb was air yards. He just laid it out, man. Jerry Judy with the 25-yarder. Kendall Hinton with the 40-yarder. And then in the running game, Javante with a 30-yarder. Melvin Gordon, technically an explosive play, over 12 yards. I like to count it at 15 for rushing, but hey, it's another explosive play. Time and time again, the Broncos got big chunk plays. Another big reason why they won. So at least for one week, the offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, he gets a pass because the run game worked and the game plan worked. You know, a lot of that had to do with that first fourth down stop. And then you looked at the Broncos on their first drive. They looked horrible. The first four plays, three of those went for negative yards, but they busted open. They had a couple of nice runs. They had a big pass play. 
And things changed from there. And they were able to go with the run because they were playing from ahead. That's why they ran the ball 38 times with Williams and Gordon. That's why they were 38 times for 191 yards. That is just a ridiculously high number of rushing yards. So it worked out for Shermer. We're off his back for a week. Do I have trust in Shermer for this to happen enough for them to get to the playoffs? Probably not. No, no, I don't. But for one week, he was great. The early fourth down stops. And I know there were multiple Broncos after this game saying, man, fourth down, you're going for it. That's disrespectful. I actually think in this age of the NFL, where teams are going for it on fourth down, and a lot of teams a lot of teams came up short on fourth down. A lot. Yes, it was probably more play calling and execution as opposed to the thought process because it puts so much pressure on the defense when you are in fourth and short. Well, the defense for the Broncos, they put a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott. They put really a great game plan together to stop the run. I get it. Zeke Elliott in the knee, that did hurt Dallas's run game. I like Tony Pollard, but... Zeke Elliott, to this point, has just had a resurgence. But the early fourth down stop, setting the tone for the defense, another reason why Denver won that game. Why else did they win the game? Well, Dak Prescott was off. Some of that, or a lot of that, had to do with the Broncos' pass rush. He went 19 of 39 for 232 yards, two TDs, and a pick. Why was he that bad? Constant pressure. Dallas was without their left tackle, but it doesn't matter to me. I mean, constant, constant pressure on him. It was great to see. And I think the other thing that hurt him, how about the, just rusty. He looked rusty after missing some time. Missed C.D. Lamb on what would have been probably a short touchdown. Well, if I say probably a short touchdown, I think it was going to be a short touchdown if he hit C.D. Lamb. He didn't. He didn't. Jackson was great. Seven tackles. Mm-hmm couple of assisted tackles. Patrick Sertan, hopefully uh, he can get ready for this Eagles game. He played really nicely. Nice pass defense. Simmons, okay. Uh, I'll get to my players of the game too in just a little bit because we had uh, <laughs> we had a lot of expectations put on Jonathan Cooper to fill the role that Von Miller played. And the chances of Cooper living up to those expectations was zero to none. And again, he came out. This is a guy that almost didn't even make the roster out of the preseason. That's how shocking this was. This is a kid that almost didn't make the roster out of the preseason. He was terrific. So there's another reason why. Dak was not good. Some of that was on Dak. A lot of that was on the pressure that the Broncos had. And let's just be honest here for a second. The punt block rule. Whew. I, I was not aware of the rule. Were you? I thought it was a punt block, and all of a sudden, you know, you're sitting here in the third quarter going, uh-oh, here we go again. Dallas is coming back. But you know what? They blocked it, but they touched it after the line of scrimmage, and that was a no-no. And the Broncos kept the ball. So I think... Being more physical, Teddy on point, the run game setting the tone, the early fourth down stops, the punt block rule, and Dak was off. All of those things. And I'm sure that I could add more. The running game, the pressure, 
But those, to me, were the six biggest things that happened in this game. So where do we go from here? Let's talk about playoff chances for a second. I know, I know. <laughs> you would have laughed at me if I would have been doing this on Saturday. You would have playoffs, playoffs, diddly poo. That's an old Jim Mora quote for you. Those of you that are not old enough to remember Jim Mora, go to YouTube and look up diddly poo. Playoffs? We couldn't do diddly poo. So, playoff chances. I'm going to go back to this. Over the last three weeks, they went from 15% after the loss, 21%. So you go up to 6% after the win over Washington, 40% after the win over Dallas. So they're at 40% to go to the playoffs. What about winning the AFC West? That does not seem likely either, does it? Just a 5% chance two weeks ago, 4% chance last week. So it actually went down after last week. The Chiefs won, the Chargers lost, the Raiders were okay. And then 14% chance of winning the division after this week. And here's the current numbers. This is from 538. I like numbers. I work with numbers. I'm a big eye test guy. I'm a really big numbers guy too. So I'm one of the 50, maybe even 60, 40 number, 50, 50. I'm going to go 50, 50. I don't want to be considered a numbers guy. I want to be considered a balance. So the Chargers, 38%. The Raiders have a 33% chance of winning the division. And I really don't know what to think about the Chiefs at this point. I, I don't. They still have a 32% chance to win the division. So these percentages, it's really the Chargers, the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the numbers say that the Broncos have no chance. But they pull off a win against the Eagles, who are not a very good team. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'll say this, too. They beat the Eagles. All of a sudden, I think you might legitimately have to say that this team could make the playoffs. So here's the record right now. The Chargers, with that win over the Eagles, they're 5-3. and three. The Raiders, after that loss to the Giants. I mean, teams just have good losses and bad losses. And, well, not many good losses, but that was a bad, bad loss for the Raiders. And this is what I said when Bisaccia took over after the John Gruden thing and now the Henry Ruggs thing. And I wonder how much the Ruggs thing affected them because I think that's bigger than even the Gruden thing. I really do. You know, the Gruden issue took national stage. Henry Ruggs killed somebody because of his awful decision. I don't know how much it factored in. Once you get on the field, are you really thinking about it? Maybe they were, but they lost to the Giants. That is a horrible, horrible loss. And then there's the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs have been outscored this year despite being five and four. They've been outscored by six points. Their offense, still scoring points, 221. I mean, that puts them near the top in the AFC, but the Colts have scored more. The Titans have scored more. The Ravens have scored the same amount of points. The Bills and Patriots, the Patriots have scored more points than the Kansas City Chiefs. Are you kidding me? But defensively, they're just a mess. Giving up 227 points. There is no defense outside of the Texans the Dolphins, and the Jets, worse than what we've seen from the Chiefs, who, again, are 5-4. and four. Their offense is just, it, it's uncomfortable. It's just uncomfortable to watch, seeing where they were to where they are now. Kelsey slipping, Kelsey dropping balls, constant throws to Tyreek Hill. 
turnovers constantly from Patrick Mahomes. They're five and four. Only division in the National Football League, actually two divisions in the National Football League where everybody's over 500. The AFC West, Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos, AFC North, where the Ravens are six and two, Steelers four and three, and then the Browns and Bengals are five and four. And boy, did things really change around, right? Things really changed around quickly for a couple of these teams. Chiefs won two in a row. Broncos won two in a row. So where do we go from here? 187 points scored, still an anemic offense. The Chargers haven't been much better, but they played a less, they played one less game. So I think points per game, Chargers, Raiders, much better than the Chiefs and the Broncos. Defensively, though, you tell me another another team that take a guess at this real quick. Who are the two teams that have given up less points for the season than the Broncos? Number one, the Bills. The Bills. And they played one less game. I really don't think <laughs> that they're going to give up, you know, what is that, 35 points in their next game? But then again, they lost to the Jaguars. They have not looked good these last two weeks. The Bills kind of falling down in my book. Falling down a lot of people's books. I think they're going to be fine. But 153 points given up, that's that's remarkable stuff. The Steelers are right there. Now, the Steelers are going to play Monday night. So we'll see where the Steelers are. But this is an elite defense as much as we want, as far as scoring points, just points per game and elite defense. We know it's not, though. We know that they have had issues rushing the passer. We know that their linebacking core has been completely, completely decimated by injury. Those are things we know 100% about these guys. Chance of winning the division, chance of getting to the playoffs, it's there. Do I think they get to the playoffs this year? How about this? I want to enjoy this win. I want to enjoy this win. So I'm going to say yes. There's a shot, 40% chance, a lot better than the 15% chance that they had just a couple of weeks ago. Whew. It's exciting. It's exciting. So that's what we've got. Andy Lindhall is going to join me in just a couple of minutes. There are a couple of other things I want to get off my chest here. Um, my three or four favorite players from this game. Let's just go look back at this real quick. And nice job by the offensive line. I'll just throw the whole offensive line together. Teddy Teddy was, was pretty comfortable. Teddy had a little bit of time. Passes of 25, 41, and 44 yards. If, hey, Teddy can't stretch the field. He's a game manager. I've said this. I've said this. Everybody in the league has said this. Well, in this game, he had a little bit more time, and he's got a really good wide receiver core, and he proved us wrong. Once again, but can he do this consistently? It's not like the numbers were anything special. This was a game manager game for Bridgewater, despite the explosive plays. He only went 19 for 28 for 249 yards. No turnovers, did throw a touchdown, did run for a touchdown. So two TDs from Teddy. That's number one. Loved what he did. We all have to love what he did. Number two, how about Tim Patrick? Again, you know, explosive play, 44 yards, four catches on five targets for 85. You know, this is great because Sutton's still a stud. Judy is emerging. 
And Tim Patrick is kind of like the other guy who has been extremely steady this year. Uh, I'm also going to say Javante, 17 for 111, another one of those he should have been tackled multiple times things where he just keeps going on the 30-yarder. Great game, Javante. And then I I, got to bring up the defense, right? That's three offensive guys. Jonathan Cooper, the aforementioned Jonathan Cooper, his first two NFL sacks, he forced a third and long on his first one. And this is an edge rusher that really had to come in for Von Miller. He was an edge rusher who was a very long shot to make the roster. And after watching all this, I just say to myself, how could a team look so horrible in a win last week and so great in a win the next week? And the answer to that question is the National Football League. The Jets beat the Bengals last week. The Jaguars beat the Bills this week. This would have been the biggest upset in the National Football League. Probably to this point had the Jaguars not won that game. That was an absolute shocker too. So after we get to Andy Lindhall, I am going to share the BS reasons why Cowboys fans, what they're using for reasons why they lost. And by the way, one of them, I'm not even kidding you, would be the red stripe on the helmet. Fans don't want that again. Andy Lindhall joins me from Altitude 92.5 right after this really quick break. We got to go through this win. He's also a big Buffs guy. We'll talk to him about the Buffs win over the weekend as well. I'm holding with VEASAN, and this is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. The VEASAN Midseason Football Special is here. Put the VEASAN betting experts to work for you from now through February for only $99. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on VEASAN.com. Sign up today at vsin.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Yep, holding with Vison back with you, the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Uh, happy to, you know, we have Nate Kreckman on every Wednesday. Well, his co-host Andy DeLindhall uh, probably had no idea about that, but it's wonderful to have you on the show, Andy. Thank you very much. And before we get into that, I know you do some post game on 92.5. You do the afternoon show. You're very accomplished, blah, blah, blah. And you had something going on with the buffs too. So uh, a lot going on, Mr. Lindhall. How was the weekend? I have a feeling it was a pretty good one. Yeah, I didn't hate my football teams, Holden, for the first time in what seems like a month. So I got to do sidelines on CU and talking to those kids. Not a lot of fun when, you know, they can't score. I saw a shutout against Minnesota. I saw USC lose. Uh, they got the interim head coach. He lost his father. They were in complete turmoil. 
uh, CU couldn't hang with them. And then, you know, I had John Gruden get fired and the Raiders roll into town and then whoop the Broncos. So, yes, yesterday, Saturday, all a nice refreshing change from what we've been watching. Yeah, and I don't know what we can believe going forward. I will say this, though, since you're with the Buffs, I'm excited about the basketball season again. You know, they got, they got Montana State coming up on Tuesday. I get that. But I'm a huge college basketball fan. So there are others receiving votes. I think that they, they got a shot to get ranked at some point in time this season. Yeah, uh, Mark Johnson, my buddy that I do both – well, I do the football with him. He does the basketball as well. He thinks they may have a tournament team again. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I will warn you, Mark's always pretty um, – he's always pretty optimistic this time of year. You know, we've got to see – the Buffs had one team one year that he loved, and they were really good. It wasn't – the pandemic year where we didn't get to the tournament and they, they looked awful in Vegas. It was the year before that, I believe, where they were really good. And then the last, like, two weeks of the season, just everything fell apart. They couldn't play right. The team had something going on where they kind of came apart. But he thinks this buff team will be pretty good and one to watch. Oh, I went to Kansas. Tad Boyle's a uh, Kansas guy, too. And I think they've done uh, – he's done a nice little job here. They did get back for the first time since, what, 16 last year so. I'm buying yep. into the buffs, buddy. If if I had to bet it, and I'm not going to bet it yet, <laughs> I would go with the I would go with them getting to the tournament this year. I really like them. I think CSU might not be awful either. I don't think they're great, but I, I think we might have two teams here from the state get into the tournament this year. Yeah, you know, it is old. If we could just get you know Sweet 16 action, I think we'd even just take that at this point, right? Settle I mean, both, down. No matter how much momentum they have, it seems to get a little rough there as we get. But whatever, it's nice to have some good college basketball. I grew up here. Basketball, college basketball was really not a thing. And I lived through the five iterations of the Nuggets trying to rebuild, what, 1050. I remember Dikembe Mutombo and Lafonso Ellis and Rodney Rogers. And then we blew it up and we tried again. And, you know, anyway. All right. So I'm actually excited about talking some college basketball this season. But... I don't. Do you know anybody that took the Broncos? No. Anyone whatsoever that took the Broncos against the Cowboys? No. Um, and look, you know, I, I'm a Denver native, so I grew up here. This is the team that I put blood into. I was raised in a Bronco household. You know, you have to divorce that when you get in the media. I was on the sidelines for 10 years. Um, I got a close attachment to that team. I'll be honest with you, Holden. I told Nate Friday I thought it'd be 40 to 17. I have in favor of Dallas. I, I I have had the Broncos and their ability to show up in a game that they need, their ability to make plays in the moment that they need it, not empty calories, not drives that don't mean anything, not stops at the end that don't mean anything. I'm talking about game on the line, moment is yours to grab. They've not grabbed it under the Vic Fangio regime, right? So what we saw yesterday was quite shocking to me. It was It was a very nice surprise, as you and I have covered. But um, I will I will tell you, I predicted Nate had him at nine wins. Probably told you that on the show. I had him at 10 wins. But I had him at 10 wins beginning of the year thinking, and I had him beating Dallas because I thought they would play the style of football that we saw yesterday. Run the football, make Teddy Bridgewater be important for 10 to 15 plays a game, throw it maybe 25 to 30 max, but run the football. And yet again, Pat Shermer has been nothing but another in a long line of Bronco offensive coordinators that don't fall off the Gary Kubiak tree that want to run three wide receiver sets that you've got no chance of blocking. And I thought it was a very critical moment in the game yesterday 
when there was a third and two. I want to say it was late first quarter, early second quarter. It was a third and two. And they tried to pass the football, and Teddy got sacked. And they went out of the three-wide formation. The rush came off the edge. Nobody touched him. And from that point on, it's almost like Vic Fangio finally went to Pat Shermer and said, run extra tight end sets and run heavy formation. And from that point forward, you go to that second half, they're rarely in three wide. So they will stay out of the three wide, which they cannot block. I know they've got some exciting in receivers, but if they're willing to make their living off the run game, we may have a few more surprises ahead this year. Andy Lindhall, Altitude 92.5 with the uh, Buffs broadcast as well. So this is interesting because uh, as a professional sports better, um, it also shocked me. I was bragging for the last 10. I'm like, oh, I got the I got the look ahead line. I got the Cowboys minus seven. Oh, I'm so smart. I'm smarter than everybody. And then that happens. I mean, <laughs> what the hell? You, it's the NFL, though, you know? So here's the question then. They, they go up to 40% chance of making the playoffs. I like staying positive after a win. But give me the lowdown here. What are truly the chances of them being one of the seven to get to the postseason? Uh, it's a great question. Hold on, I don't know. I mean, look, we all are happy in Denver that we don't have to be miserable on a Monday. Nate and I were trying to tell that to all the listening audience that wanted to complain about the 3-0 start. We were like, yeah, this is, again, empty calories. This is dessert before dinner, all that kind of stuff. But it's nice to wake up on a Monday and, again, not hate your football team, not be in a grumpy mood, you know, not all that kind of stuff because you haven't had any winning. This is probably, there's a warning here, too. The Dallas Cowboys played awful. They couldn't have dropped any more passes than they did. Uh, again, their offensive coordinator, the guy that we all like, uh, you know, the kid out of uh, the old Kellen Moore, spacing his name for a minute. Kellen Moore decided he didn't want to run in short-yarded situations, and it cost them. It led to drop passes. It led to Dak being rushed. It led to all sorts of bad plays when, again, the Broncos' defense has been all right against the run. Why you're not running your running backs, especially with that stout offensive line, letting them get a kind of a lather going the way the Broncos did, I will never understand. So I'd say the Cowboys probably didn't take the Broncos too seriously. I also think the NFC East is, again, the NFC East. If the Broncos beat the, the Eagles next week, they're going to be 4-0 against that crappy division. It, 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 again, there's a bunch of pretenders hanging out in that division. Hold, let me ask you this, and I'll tell you, I want to answer your question as to how much it could be real and get to their chances of making the playoffs. But since you are a professional gambler, and I wanted to bring this up to Nate later, how much of the 10-point line did we see because people love to bet the Cowboys? Like, did we get suckered by a game where the Broncos looked down, they trade Vaughn Miller, and again, I understood why the line was where it was at. I'm not saying it was unfair, but did we get suckered in because people love to bet the Cowboys? They are the public team. You know, Kansas City's a public team. The Packers are a public team. This is a public team that they played yesterday. And personally, just looking at this from a betting standpoint, I thought seven. I knew it was going to go up because of the disparity in talent. And I had a feeling that Dak Prescott was going to be there. Did it move the line? Maybe another point? Probably. Probably. But the books aren't going to sit there and bet a nine when there's going to be a 10 out there. It's just they're not going to do that. So I think there was a little bit of that. But honestly, Andy, we probably looked at this the same way. The Cowboys, one of the best teams in the NFL, getting their quarterback back. The Broncos coming off one of the ugliest victories you're ever going to see an NFL team have. And then they trade the face of the franchise. 
I mean, that there's so many different things that went into that, Andy. And I think it's a good point you make. But while all that money was coming in on the Cowboys, I think a lot of quote unquote sharp people were already on them too. So not as, not as much as maybe some other weeks. To me, this was just pretty clear. Vic Fangio, dead man walking. Shermer, no idea what he's doing. Trading Von Miller. How did any of that add up to this, Andy? That that's what I'm saying. It just it doesn't make sense, and that's the NFL on a weekly basis. Yeah, well, uh, let's be honest. Holding with the with the Bills Jaguars game, with that Rams and Titans game last night, after they lose Derrick Henry, you talk about losing a face of the franchise, right? We had a weekend, and we usually get one, so maybe this was just it. Where the NFL reminds us it is the league with the most parity of all the professional sports, right? Maybe of all the sports, period. Um, because they are set up that way with the hard, real salary cap. Um, as far as your question previously about is this for real? Look, I think, again, I think if the Broncos play the way they did yesterday, and you just said it, do I believe Pat Shermer knows what he's doing? No, I know in my heart because I've seen it. Uh, for 22 of the 23 games or whatever it would be his tenure has been here now, uh, that he deep down thinks he's a three wide and throw it all over the yard team. And you, you've not had that quarterback. We've not had that quarterback in Denver since Peyton Manning was walking around these parts. And even his last year, it didn't work out so well. That's why they brought in Gary Kubiak to force him to run a, a run heavy West Coast offense. Um, so I don't know that I believe Pat Shermer's learned a darn thing from this. I'm curious, did Vic Fangio force him to stay in the heavy formations yesterday? Or did the loss of offensive lineman Graham Glasgow, looks like he's probably done for the year when a guy goes off on a card on an air cast, as we were told, uh, that doesn't look good. You know, um, and I don't, Bobby Massey, his wife tweeted out that he should be okay. So I hope that's the case. But, you know, we'll wait and see. This Broncos team's injury luck is terrible. Pats are tan now. Last report I heard, MRI on the knee. I know everyone's like, well, he walked off yesterday. Guess what? Terrell Davis walked off after his devastating ACL the first time, too. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, I think they could get the Eagles. I think that they could get uh, probably the Lions. You know, every now and again, though, the Lions show up, play physical, play, you know, inspired. So I'm not going to call the Broncos invincible to that. The Bengals game is kind of interesting. That's another one that's been teetering for me. You know, when I think the Bengals, because I love Joe Burrow. He's my favorite young quarterback. Um, they go and they just give back games that they should be winning, right? So not sure what to make of that. But they're, that right there is eight wins. If they're going to see nine or ten, and let's be honest, Holden, people have to remember when you say ten wins in a 17-game schedule, that's not the lofty double-digit accomplishment that it used to be. Uh, I think if the Broncos are lucky, they'll stay in the mix for the seventh seed. Uh, to your point, we'll see if this is just a one-week boost of showing all of us. We don't know what we're talking about in the media because they love to do that. Um, but I don't know. I don't have a grasp on this team yet. Because, Holden, I, I think the Chiefs are vulnerable. I think even the win over the Packers yesterday continues to show that defense is not good enough. And if the Broncos will commit to the run, they could do to the Chiefs what they did to the Cowboys yesterday, and that's just not give them the ball. I mean, how frustrated did Dak Prescott look on the on the sideline yesterday? Part of the reason why the Broncos were able to finish that off is simply because they never had the ball to try to get back in the game, really. So the one thing I don't get, <clears throat> excuse me, is what, what was the Vaughn Miller thing? Because you know what? You and I have worked. You know what? We were talking about a place that you, you spent a small amount of time in and where I spent a majority of my career. 
I was talking to a sales guy when we changed up things at that place a while ago. And he was telling me, I got to get a new sales staff. And I said, why? We've got great salespeople. And he goes, yeah, but the rules are changing. The returns on the commissions aren't going to be the same. Uh, they're changing everything in this environment. And all I'm hearing is the veteran salespeople tell me, you know what, this, this stinks. It's not the way it used to be. It's not what I remember. It's not my standard of living. It's not my standard of money-making. So we had to flip the sales staff over because you know what? The younger sales staff came in. They got a shot at some bigger accounts. They started making money. They were excited to be there. They were fired up about this. Did the same sort of scenario play out in the Broncos locker room with their linebacking core where Jonathan Cooper, instead of walking around saying, this stinks, we haven't, we're not contending for Super Bowls anymore. He's just happy. And Stephen Weatherly that they got from the Vikings – were those guys going out there and saying, you know what, I'm just happy to be proving that I belong in the NFL. Um, and, and so did that factor, has that brought a breath of fresh air to a locker room in which Vaughn Miller probably was letting guys know, and he said as much, I've won it, you haven't. He had that presser three weeks ago in front of the Raider game, I think. Mm-hmm. Was, he, was he unintentionally bringing the room down? Because I don't think Vaughn's the bring the room down powder kind of guy. But let's be honest about it. If you're Vaughn Miller, I've gone from a guaranteed 13 wins a year competing for divisions to him having to explain why this team can't get near a quarterback five or six times a year, right? So maybe just getting the person that, that is in a different place in life than some of these young guys, and it's a very young locker room, maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe we'll see that sort of energy and effort every week. I, I don't know, man. They're, they're a weird team to peg right now. They are. They, and, and I love what Cooper did, by the way. Dude almost doesn't make the roster, comes in, makes a couple of sacks. That was a lot of fun to see. And I kind of thought that we were over the Von Miller thing. <clears throat> but I have a feeling a lot of people in the media around here, and by the way, Andy Lindhall, uh, Altitude 92.5, does the afternoon drive with Nate Kreckman. But I think some people said, oh, they're tanking. That Trading Von Miller for a second and a third is not tanking. Thank you. Trading a Von Miller for a second and a third says, okay, we're not in a good place right now. We can build the draft capital going forward, but it also means we'll go out there and at least try and be competitive. And I think that was the big thing there. The second thing that I would say, which was a very interesting, you brought up to me after that win last week, I looked at the schedule. I said, they're going to have to win two games that they're not supposed to win two games. That was one of them. I mean, I don't know, is the is the Chargers at home a game that they're not supposed to win? The Chiefs on the road a game they're not supposed to win? Broncos at, at the Raiders, the Bengals? You know, I think there's some interesting things here. If they go to five and four, the question, or they go to six and four, but the question is, where do they pick up those other four wins? So that's where we are right now. And you know what? This Eagles team coming in here, I think they stink. I think they're a lot worse than people think. They've got a shutdown corner. Great. You're not you're not going to be tailing around three different guys at the Broncos. There's three legitimate receiving options here. I love it. And then their quarterback is extraordinarily uh, inaccurate. So Broncos minus two and a half. I haven't made my pick on this game yet, but I got a pretty strong lead into the Broncos this week too. That being said, what if they what if last week was the aberration and they go back and play against Washington like they did? Because the Eagles are not as bad as Washington, Andy. This they, they got to figure out how to find that other win they're not supposed to win. Because to me, they're supposed to beat the Eagles. No, I'm with you, Holden. The problem is, will they? Because I look, I don't. Again, I don't know if Pat Shermer's committed to what gets him wins. If you see, I still think you're right. They got to get two wins that they're not supposed to right now. Mm-hmm. 
And I think you already gave one away in Pittsburgh. That should have been a win. If you'd have played like you did yesterday, yep. that's a win. If you'd have played like you did yesterday against the Raiders at home, that's a win. But you came out and you looked completely disinterested in trying to even win a football game against the Raiders, okay? And that was a home game. That was a home game. So how do we know you're not going to come back and do that again just because you had a one-week move? The only, the, I will not bet this game at least till Friday because now I know if you get a good line, like this may be a really good line, but – what do we find out Sertan's loss for the season? What does that do to things, right? We've got to figure out now Natani Muti, they had Quinn Miners, the belly that everybody loves. I know since you're in the area, you're, you're up to date on all of us loving to feed the belly and free the belly. The young offensive lineman, 77, came in, played right guard yesterday. Had Natani Muti been not on the COVID list, he'd have been in there, right? So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Um, can Massey get back? I got to be honest with you, uh, Anderson, Calvin Anderson, who played for Garrett yesterday, look, man, he played physical. They showed him holding the edge at one point so that uh, Javante Williams could get outside and get the lane. I was very impressed when I saw the Calvin Anderson. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to go and switch him with Garrett Bowles, but he's supposed to be the swing tackle. <clears throat> Do they think about putting him in for Bobby Massey? I, I don't know. Again, it's a weird team. They had every motivation in the world because, as you said, there wasn't a media member in Denver telling these guys they had a shot. And Shelby Harris's tweet, and we'll talk to Shelby Harris on Tuesday, he let us know that he heard all that, which is fine. When Shelby, I, I ain't going to, we had the Shelby Harris show on our air on Tuesday. I'm going to give him a chance to crow and sound off. I want to I wanna be fair. Tell us what you think of us. And I'm going to follow up with the question, okay, so where was that earlier in the year? What changed that we got a motion yesterday that we did not see against Pittsburgh, frankly, at times against Baltimore or against the Raiders? So that's a hell of a question, too. I mean, you're already that, that that's a good one because what is he gonna say? Seriously. I, and, I don't know. Nobody's honest with us, you know. Hold I I I'm gonna try to find you know how this game played. I'm gonna try to find a polite way to ask. Yes. Did the downer in the room leave when Vaughn got traded? And we'll see how he wants to respond. I mean, that's that, you know, Andy, you just, you just peeled something back. And I know you've been talking about this, but boy, subtracting Von Miller from this team actually made things better this week. That I wonder even if that's the case, if he would insinuate it, you know, you, it, and it seems to me that you believe that. Do you believe that? Well, yeah, but not again, not because Vaughn, I'll tell you, Holden, I've watched the layers of the Super Bowl team slowly leave. Okay, the one I covered start to finish in twenty, the, the Super Bowl 50 team. Uh, embedded with the team that whole year. Okay. TJ Ward eventually didn't like how things kind of changed. Keep to lead. Chris Harris. All of the no flies in. I don't know. I don't need to go through them one by one. Right? right. Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf and Vaughn Miller were the two holdouts trying to let people know the last couple of years. This is no nowhere near what we used to be well if you're a young guy and this is all new and it's just cool because you're in the nfl and this guy's over here telling you yeah this ain't good man or whatever it may be how does that affect you right now again this could be short-lived old it's a it's but i'll tell you go back to when they lost him in cleveland pass rush kind of picked up go back to then the washington game they got after taylor heineke pretty good 
It wasn't. The thing that made the Washington game was, was so ugly was that offense yet again. One, the defense. Defense had to go out there and hold hold back Washington twice in the last minute because the offense was inept and couldn't quit fumbling the football. I'm just saying that we basically have two and a half games of there being a new energy with Baron Browning and, and Jonathan Cooper and Weatherly. And look, let's not – I mean, George Payton, he, he got you Kenny Young. He got you a – at least on par, if not a slight upgrade, from Josie Jewell and A.J. Johnson, okay? That dude can play some football. Go look at his stats. Like Jeff Legwald, was, our insider, was telling us all week, he does not know how the Broncos got Kenny Young, the new middle linebacker for the seventh round. Well, it turns out that had to be in some way connected, I think, to the Vaughn Miller trip. They needed Kenny Young right away, and the Rams needed time to check out Vaughn's medicals. So I think Young came here. The seventh rounder was enough compensation if it all fell apart. But that is a brilliant move, a brilliant move by George Payton. And to your point, they're not rebuilding. When you go get Kenny Young and Stephen Weatherly, and then we get the report from Tom Pelissero, who I know has deep ties in Minnesota, so he's going to know a few things, probably from George Payton. When we find out that they decided not to trade Teddy Bridgewater, all right, man, that's telling everybody. Look, I'll ask you, Holden. To me, you almost got to make the playoffs if you're going to pass up – Trading Teddy Bridgewater? Now, I'd love to know what the deal was. Here's where I'll disagree. Here's where I'll disagree. Yeah, if it comes out, it's a fifth-round pick. Who the hell cares? Right. What is a fifth-round pick? Now, if they get a second and a third, you're telling me they're not trading Teddy Bridgewater immediately and we get Kendall Hinton starting yesterday? What about just a third? I'd have done it just for a third. But that sends the message you talk about. We're done. And clearly, Peyton doesn't want to do that. No, and, and I'm happy. And the last thing for you, I want to talk about the defense. All the inside linebacker injuries, all the complaining about the defense. They are second in points per game given up. 17 points per game. And I, I looked at it today and I go, what? <laughs> because if you look at them, nobody thinks the defense is good. You can run all over them. They've got issues here. They got a, The defense... I guess the, the only thing that matters is the points per game, and somehow they've overcome all of this, and they're second in the league there. That was shocking to me, Andy. Yeah, I agree, Holden. Again, they haven't always made the play when they needed to, and that's what I look for. Uh-huh. Now, in fairness, we talk about Super Bowl days. I hold this defensive unit to a very high standard when we start talking about good defenses. And, and I'll tell you, am I mad? Am I, I don't know how to put it properly. But to me, I saw a defense that I thought personnel-wise could be close to what we had in 2015. They can cover, and at the time, it looked like they could rush. Now, injuries have affected that greatly, okay? And frankly, Kyle Fuller isn't near the cornerback. He looked like he was going to be in camp. Nonetheless, but Patrick Sertan certainly is. So to me, Patrick Sertan has filled a role by Kyle Fuller because you never know how a rookie's going to do. So I, I just think they should be better than they were. And I thought, again... Holden, when when we all made our season predictions and we gave you the process by which we got to that number of wins, mine was always run the football, keep the game. Again, what they did yesterday, keep the ball out of the opposing offense's hands, rest your defense so they can be fresh to pass rush and fly around the field like they did yesterday, and take advantage of a couple big plays like you did to Tim Patrick, like you did with the big run on third and long or whatever it was by Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams breaking some tackles. That's the formula for the Broncos. They're not going to be the Chiefs. They're not going to be the funnest team to watch all the time. But yesterday was pretty darn fun. You scored 30 points, and you did it the way that you're built to do it. 
Um, this defense will thrive if the offense quits just saying, hey, it's all on you. Hey, you better get us a turnover at the 40 or we're going to be in trouble. And look, even, even yesterday, I'm saying all this, <clears throat> even yesterday, excuse me, the Broncos still can take advantage of some of those situations we're talking about. So, Hey, listen, um, thank you so much for hopping on, first of all, making time for me. That was great. Why don't you plug something you're doing? Plug Twitter, plug the show, plug everything you want. Yeah, you know what? Just just if you can catch Nate Kreckman and I after you're done listening to Holden, that is. Don't you know? Let's make time for everybody. That's <laughs> you know, catch us on the Altitude Sports Radio app. If for some reason our times overlap, catch the podcast. It's on uh, the ASR app, Altitude Sports Radio app, and you can find everybody there. Other than that, you know, let's just have fun and hope the but let's hope there's something to be thankful about in November from our football teams. How about that? Yeah. I hope you. Pl- I hope so. Plus, it's good for for business for both of us. I mean, let's. Yes. Face it. You know, uh, it's it's very good for business for them to at least stay in the race because uh, they looked dead in the water last week. Thank you so much for the time, Andy. I really appreciate it. You take care of yourself. Um, Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. We'll come back. I want to react to a couple things Andy had to say. Uh, there's some funny reasons why the Cowboys fans <laughs> what they're using for why they lost, including one the stripe on the helmet. And then we'll look forward to the uh, Broncos Eagles and talk Monday night football next on the Denver city cast presented by bet rivers. Being a homer has its perks at bet Rivers Sportsbook. every day. Bet rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams to get your hometown discount. Just open the bet river Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. The Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers continues here. Interesting. You know, Andy and I are kind of on the same page here. A lot of questions about this Broncos team going forward. The interesting thing that he said there was how trading Von Miller may have cleaned up some things in the locker room and made the locker room better. I'm not so sure. I completely agree with that. I don't know how you quantify that, but it would be interesting. Listen, all it would take would be one player to come out and confirm that for that to probably be true. I mean, there was the little story about the, what was it? The Halloween party minutia like that. I'm just going to say trading Von Miller probably um, more than anything else helped him for the future. But as I've said, I really, really impressed, really impressed yesterday uh, with a lot of pieces of those that defense. Jonathan Cooper, especially with those two NFL sacks, that's his first two. And they need a pass rusher. They haven't had Von on the field. And now they got Cooper there, and we'll see if he can continue that. Could be a diamond in the rough at some point in time to get Chubb back and you know, maybe a run is possible. Maybe, just maybe a run is possible. I'll tell you this much, though. They lose to the Eagles. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Then you're in trouble. We'll talk about that game in just a second. Uh, I did scour the internet, the internets, and found a whole bunch of reasons why the Cowboys fans uh, think they lost to the Broncos yesterday. Okay? Whole, whole bunch of different ones. Whole bunch of different reasons. My favorite one being... It was because the red stripe that they had on their head. Yeah, yeah. The the red stripe they had on their helmet was the reason why that the Broncos could beat the Cowboys. Absolutely. No doubt about it, right? 
there's <laughs> I, it might have been tongue in cheek, but one of the reporters, a really popular reporter out there in Dallas, had said that. They had that red stripe for the military, right? But people don't realize this too. You know all those flyovers and uh, the military uh, honoring the military and stuff. The military has to pay for that. That's not just the NFL saying, "Oh, this is great." You know, we're gonna have fun. We're gonna honor our troops. No, 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 no. Whatever branch it is, they got to pay for all this. And uh, whoever paid yesterday for that red stripe, some Cowboys fans think they lost because of that. Uh, why else are the Cowboys fans saying they lost? No left tackle. Uh, Tyron was out. Uh, didn't help, but. You know, I, I think that they probably would have had a much better shot had they just converted one of those early fourth and ones. And then maybe we don't see as many issues uh, with their offensive line. Another one was the Dak coming just off of injury. I, I kind of buy into that a little bit, just a little bit, not too much. He was just very rusty. And I'll go back to that play. He had C.D. Lamb deep. Uh, C.D. Lamb just roasted. Uh, the coverage there, and they missed. And that was kind of the end of it. Uh, my favorite one, probably the stripe, but also the time change. <laughs> Could you believe actually believing that, though? It was the damn time change. The time change was why the Cowboys lost. Hey, guys, both teams had to deal with the time change. And then the last one was the bad week of practice. I mean, the Cowboys said they had a bad week. of. This is from the players. We had a bad week of practice. You had a really bad game is what you did. A lot of it was on them, but a lot of it, a lot of it was on Denver. More physical, Teddy on point, the run game set the tone, and the early fourth down stops. Those, to me, were the biggest reasons. That the pump block rule, because that could have changed the whole flow of the game. That would have been a little bit scary there. Uh, just to react to, to a little bit more to something that, that Andy had said about this team going forward um, and how we kind of both feel like this Eagles game is a must win again. All these games seem to be must wins, but you go to six and four. I talked about the 40% chance of getting to the playoffs. All of a sudden, I think you got a legit shot at going to the playoffs. To say that they are now, it was one game. It was one game after a long, uh, what was that, four-game losing streak where they just looked awful. And then really for five straight games, they looked awful. And then finally yesterday, turning it around. Let's go see that again against the Philadelphia Eagles. That's what I would like to see. Let's talk about that game real quick uh, because it's too early in the week for me to bet this. The Broncos, pretty heavy favorites at home on the money line, minus 152. If you think the Eagles come in here and win this straight up, plus 123, Bet Rivers actually offering a pair of lines. They're offering this at two and a half and two. And Andy said, hey, what do you think this line closes at? You know, where does this line go from here? That, th this thing might be right on par. I could see it maybe at two and a half. Maybe it moves to three. I can't imagine this thing goes to three and a half. I mean, if this thing goes to three and a half, you might want to consider the Eagles. It's going to be close. It's going to be ugly. And it's going to be low scoring. Just take out what I thought about the Cowboys out of the equation, okay? We're all wrong on that. We get a we get a, a mulligan. Eagles plus two and a half minus one hundred three. Broncos minus one twenty. They're also offering this at two, plus one hundred two for the Eagles, minus one twenty five for the Broncos. To me, two and two and a half, not much of a difference there. But what are we going? One twenty five to one twenty. 
I'll, I'll sit down and dig on that. I will say this, though. The Broncos play a lot of games under. A lot of games under. What do we have, like a 49 this past? Yeah, 49 and a half, 50. That went under again. And their offense exploded for 30 points. I don't think their offense explodes for 30 points coming up this Sunday against the Eagles. But I do like, I'm, I'm leaning toward this. I'm not going to make this bet yet. I need to know more about the injury report. This week, it's very important, especially with Sertan. Um, 45 is the total. You can also get 45 and a half. And the juice is kind of the same. So, I mean, unless you're a $10,000 better, I mean, I wouldn't mind taking a half a point here. Under 45 and a half is minus 115. Over is minus 106. I say this again. The Broncos defense, second in points given up per game at 17. They're going to face a quarterback in Jalen Hurts that makes a ton of bad decisions and is extremely inaccurate. It's a winnable game. There, there's no question that this is a winnable game. All right, last but not least, I do want to get to Monday Night Football because if you thought that the Washington game was ugly for the Broncos, uh, even though it was a win, just watching that, this is going to be ugly in all likelihood. Uh, right now on Bet Rivers, Steelers minus seven at home against the Bears, who do get their big-time running back, David Montgomery back. The total has dropped to 40. This was the early look-ahead line was 45 and a half. I don't like the Steelers by a full touchdown. Uh, the Bears team total is 16 and a half. If you wanted to bump that up to 17, that might not be the worst move. So I'm kind of staying off of this game tonight. I'll bet it live in all likelihood. I, I probably will bet it live. And I do bet a lot live. And if you are interested in learning it or tailing, get me on Twitter, at Holden Radio. I'm, I'm very accessible on there. Hit me up. You can ask me questions at any time. We could DM. I'm absolutely fine with that. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's it's fun. It's fun to get a chance to talk with you. I enjoy it. Um, as far as touchdown scorers go, I mean, Deontay Johnson plus 120, that's fine. I do have Deontay Johnson. That's That's the bet that I made earlier in the week. I do have Deontay Johnson over his receiving prop. Why? Because he's just going to get pelted tonight. Ben, that's his favorite guy. He just goes over and over and over. I got it at 75 and a half. It's now 76 and a half. That's going to be my best bet tonight then. Uh, Deontay Johnson over 60, 76 and a half yards minus 112. Deontay Johnson over 76 and a half yards minus 112. Hey, I can't thank you enough for listening to the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers Wednesday show. Be joined by Andy Lindhall's co-host again, Nate Crackman. We'll talk Broncos. We'll talk Nuggets. And then uh, my buddy Ian St. Clair from Play Colorado. He also does some work uh, with the Broncos too, Mile High Report. He's going to join me and we'll talk a lot more Broncos, a lot of sports betting news, and dive back into the Nuggets and maybe even some Avalanche too. Thanks again for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. And have a wonderful Victory Monday. Or Tuesday.
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.